The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christian conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. By the way, I said live. I'm just used to saying that. We're pre-recording the show here today due to the time restraints that we have with our guests today. If you'd like to check us out online, do so, please. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you go over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and you're listening by Red State Talk Radio, head over there, slide down on the right side of the page. There's two videos there. Uh, One is, the bottom one is... The lot will be streaming the live version of the show this morning. Right above that is Bradley's show from the previous day, and he comes on at 3 p.m. Eastern, so that will go live at 3 p.m. Eastern. You'll be able to hear his show as well. Right above that is a place where you can subscribe to our email list. We don't spam your email. We don't rent it. We don't sell it or anything like that. Uh, We just give you one email a day. And that is to simply let you know what we've put out for that day. Me, Bradley, and the contributors we have at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You also get the morning archive that I talk about. So you'll get this show in an archive format. Any of the stuff we talk about, if books are mentioned, videos, any of this stuff, that's in that archive. You get that in the email every day. Also at the top of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, if you agree with our message and you would like to help, we let you know our needs. We don't hold our hand out for money, but we do let you know our needs. There's a donate button right there. If you have the means to do so and you have the heart to do so, click on that, make a donation to us, help us out in any way that you can. Also, if you'd like to become a partner with us as a son or daughter of liberty, that link is available as well, right there at the top of sonslibertymedia.com. And then our store has some products in it, good conversation starters, um, products that equip the saints. And then there's other things that are just, uh, you could use as gifts, Uh, T-shirts, coffee mugs, water bottles, all these kinds of things. And that helps promote the Sons of Liberty, too. And we appreciate your support immensely. Now, one of the things I want to do, and I was trying to bring up the um, my little volume control here. One of the things I want to do is introduce our guest real quickly, because today's show is going to be something that a lot of people are going to stumble on. And I want if you're if you stumble on it. okay. and what I mean by that is you're going to feel tripped up. You're going to feel like. I'm not hearing Christians. I'm not hearing conservatives. I just want you to I just want you to hang on and hang on with us. 
because there is a big problem within the modern church. And it's been with us for, my goodness, going on close to 200 years, but it was really popularized the end of the 19th century. And so I want you to just hang with us because what we're going to talk about is very important. In fact, from my perspective, this is the one issue that has hamstrung the modern American church. And to help me talk about this is Pastor Chuck Baldwin. He's a pastor of Liberty Fellowship out in Kalispell, Montana, and he has graciously uh, said that he would join us for the for the hour here. And so it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Pastor Chuck Baldwin. Pastor Chuck, good to have you again. Hey, Tim. Great to be with you. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, one of the things, you know, I was watching a message that you did a couple of weeks ago. And I had to write down something that you said because I said, I want to have Pastor Chuck because I think every time except the one time we, you and your son-in-law came on where we talked about the uh, the move that you guys were having the lawsuit against the Montana governor at the time, every time we've talked something about Christian Zionism and Israel, and, and just so everybody's clear, I know you hear Judeo-Christian in the thing. I don't really like the term, and I've talked with Bradley about it. Of course, his is going back to like a Romans 2. The Jews got the oracles of God. That's kind of how he views it, not as the modern term uh, is used. And I know it has a lot of bad connotations, the modern term of it. But one of the things that that you've really been harping on, and I'm glad to hear it, is this idea of Christian Zionism that somehow Christians cannot distinguish the true Israel of God from the modern geopolitical antichrist state of Israel today. Um, And one of the things you said was this, that Christians who support the modern state of Israel and Christian Zionism are supporting the murder and the attack of their brothers and sisters in Christ and on the church at large. And uh, with that said, I want to turn that over to you a little bit to, to elaborate a little bit on what you're saying and why you're saying it. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Yeah, in my opinion, the misunderstanding and misinterpretation and misteaching of the subject of biblical Israel is the most egregious doctrinal error among evangelicalism in the 20th century. And I believe that this error is so egregious that it has taken God's hand of blessing off of the evangelical church in general, exceptions, of course. But I believe that as a movement, as a church movement, as throughout church history, there has been a variety of of church movements in various countries and various cultures and various times. We've had some tremendous religious movement church movement, however you want to say it, here in the United States, especially in the early days of our country, before our Revolutionary War, the First Great Awakening, the preaching of the colonial pastors at the time of the Revolution uh, was so powerful and so blessed of God that without it, there would have been no fight for independence. There would have been no declaration of independence. There would have been no no Constitution, no Bill of Rights. The United States of America, as we know it, as an independent, free nation, would not exist had it not been for 
those preachers and those congregations and the blessing of God upon them. But since, as you said, the latter part of the 19th century, and I think we could, in a general sense, just say the beginning of the 20th century, there has been a major shift in the theological understanding of the subject of Israel. This is due primarily to the success of the Schofield Reference Bible, authored by Cyrus Schofield. And as a result of the popularity and the mass acceptance of that Bible, and when I say the Bible, I'm not talking about the words of God in the Bible itself, in the text itself, but in the study notes that Schofield had a hand in. He he was by far not the the only one that wrote the notes. In fact, I'm, I would even maybe argue that he was not the primary author of the book, but it has his name. And the popularity of that of that study Bible shifted the the thinking of the entire evangelical Christian community. And it's had about a hundred year, years or more to, you know interject itself or inject itself into the mainstream of evangelical churches, seminaries, colleges, Bible institutes, radio programs, television programs, books, literature, et cetera, et cetera, so that the vast majority of what people that would call themselves conservative Christians have a a twisted view of the biblical teaching of Israel. Basically, in a nutshell, we call it Christian Zionism. You know, you know my my story. I pastored a a 501c3 establishment church for 35 years in the southeast. And in my college um, training, uh, four different Bible colleges, several degrees from from those schools during my my period of uh, training, the 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 predominant doctrine I was taught relative to prophecy was Schofield Dispensationalism or Christian Zionism. I didn't hear that term Christian Zionism when I was when I was younger, back in the seventies, eighties, nineties. That term was not very not very well uh used. <clears throat> but the doctrines were the same. So I, I was taught the doctrines of Christian Zionism, Schofield Dispensationalism, however you want to say it. And then I taught it to the first church that I pastored for over three decades. So I'm very, very familiar with with the way that this doctrine has has you know in, infected the entire Judeo you say Judeo Christian. And I certainly agree with you with that term. I think it's a it's a misnomer uh, because we are not a Judeo Christian nation. We are a Christian nation, and, and the differences are huge. Since the the beginning of the 20th century, however, it has been a Judeo-Christian philosophy and doctrinal belief that has been taught in the church. And as a result, the New Covenant, the, the truth of the New Covenant, the work of Christ on the cross and his resurrection and the New Covenant that he gave to us through the church, his body, uh, the Corpus Christi, the body of Christ, uh, which is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither bond nor free. We are all one in Christ. That new covenant teaching has been 
so completely misunderstood and misapplied that I would say it the doctrine itself has been watered down to a point that it no longer plays a significant part of modern Christian theology. I will go so far as to say, just to kind of pique the interest and maybe start getting people uh, blood blowing a little bit here early in the broadcast, that the understanding of Christian Zionism, as it's understood by the modern evangelical, the commitment to Christian Zionism is not just a part of of their faith. It's it's not a secondary issue. I believe, I maintain, that the commitment that that Christians today show toward the doctrines of Christian Zionism are so entrenched and so important in their thinking and the philosophy of, of, of theological thought that it is essential to their faith. I will maintain that without the understanding of Christian Zionism as they understand it and as they as they accept it, they do not have a faith. When this is one of the reasons why when somebody like me comes along and and speaks on the truth of this subject, which goes against the counter to the predominant thinking and teaching of the last hundred years in the evangelical church, Christians become so livid because it's not just a side issue in their hearts and minds. It is a primary, fundamental, essential issue of their faith. So in their minds, when I talk about Israel, I'm talking about their faith. As far as they're concerned, there is no Christian faith without Israel. There is no prophecy without Israel. There is no prophetic scripture regarding the return of Christ without Israel. Israel is wrapped up in prophecy. Prophecy is wrapped up in Israel. The second coming of Christ is wrapped up in Israel, which is wrapped up in prophecy. So in their mind, they cannot even think of a Christian faith without their understanding of Israel. That's I agree. how important it is to them. And by the way, you mentioned the message two weeks ago. If it's the message I think you're talking about, during that message, as I was preaching... Yep, you had a woman a, get up. A Zionist woman who was there for the very first time interrupted my, my message, spoke out, and began trying to argue the doctrines of Zionism with me publicly as I was trying to preach. And, and she was so disruptive in the service that I had to ask the ushers to escort her I out saw of that. the service. Yep. And, that, and, and, and people can go watch that message online, and we didn't cut that out. So that, that's, we left it in because I wanted people to see that evil spirit that came out of that woman who was filled with, with this, this philosophy of Zionism. So Pastor I Joe, that's how important. I, I believe that's what we're dealing with. Is what I'm trying to say. Yep. Let me, let me throw in something here because I can hear people saying, and, and you keep you use the term Israel, and you and I know what we're talking about. The the two distinct Israels. We're talking about one as a the Old Testament nation that God even said Himself He would give a writ of divorce for her adulteries. He was talking about their spiritual adulteries, and then He ultimately carried that out. And what we what we read in the Olivet discourses. Jesus said this, ju this judgment was coming upon them in that generation, 
Um, I personally, I, I look at the book of Revelation as sort of John's Olivet Discourse, where God carried that on the nation. He, he brought all the curses of Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, in the same manner that he said he would upon the nation. We have that documented and stuff like uh, Josephus is, is one of the, the big examples that we have. But if we go back into the scripture, you, keep, you, you reference the new covenant and things. Let me give a couple of verses, just tie them real close together and get you to comment on that, because I want to get to this point about how if people are supporting the modern state, not the biblical Israel, but the modern state of Israel, then they are supporting those who are, one, Antichrist, First and Second John, and mm-hmm. then those who are attacking their brothers and sisters in Christ. So right. let's go to the right. first. Let's go to the first uh, scripture that comes to mind with this, because people say, well, "Wait a minute, you guys, don't you know Genesis twelve three says, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed." Yes, we know that, and there's a context there. One, God is speaking to Abraham, not the nation of Israel or the the geopolitical thing that we see now. And in that context, right before that, he said, I'll make a great nation and I'll bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be blessing. And right after that, um, we read over, I believe it's in Genesis 17, we read that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Okay, so then we come to the New Testament and we read in Ephesians 11 or excuse me, Ephesians 11, Ephesians 2 verses 11 and following. And Paul lays out that what's happening is God is fulfilling his promise in the new covenant to, to be a light to the Gentiles, to bring them in. And he says this to the Gentiles, uh, those who are the saints at Ephesus is who, is who Paul is writing to. They were, they were Jews and they were Gentiles, but they've all been made one new man. And let me, let me bring that up. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens. In other words, you weren't part of Israel. You were outside of it. You were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he's our peace who hath made both, that's Jew and Gentile, one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were far off, and to them that were nigh. And then we go over into where Paul addresses this a little more in the book of Galatians in chapter three, I mean, his whole argument is about this whole thing of this division that somehow uh, Christ has brought us together. Now he's going to divide us. And there's two there's two chosen people of God, the church and Israel. And and he says, no, 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 this is not how this works. And if you read like verse six, it it echoes back to what we read in Genesis 12. He says, even as Abraham believed God was accounted to him for righteousness, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. In other words, they are the Israel. If you're a child of Abraham, if you have the faith of Abraham, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, which is what Paul's arguing here, 
you're believing the same promise that Abraham believed that God was going to bless the nations through his seed. And Paul argues in this passage that the seed is Christ, not seeds, as in all these people that came out of Israel, but in Christ. And so he gives us a pretty good picture, I think, of what he's talking about from the very beginning of what God is going to do through Abraham, through his descendants, and ultimately through Christ in making all peoples who have the same faith as Abraham into one new man. And that one new man is the Israel of God, as we read in Genesis or Galatians chapter 6, or the church. Uh, I think that kind of sums it up. Do you want to comment on that a little bit? Yeah, so many things you brought up there. Yeah, first of all, Genesis twelve three, which is which is always the the you know the the proof text that the Christian Zionists try to use, saying that the modern state of Israel, the Zionist state of Israel created in nineteen forty eight, is the fulfillment of Genesis twelve three, and the application of Genesis twelve three is to uh, the Zionist state of Israel that was that was created in 1948. That is is such a preposterous, uh, a, a a a really a a doctrinal belief system that was never taught or believed by the church until basically the writings of John Darby, who preceded C.I. Schofield for 1,800 years. The church had no such concept of the interpretation of Genesis 12:3. They knew that this this was a passage that was intended as a promise to Abraham the man, and that it was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And and you were referring to Galatians chapter three. To me, Galatians 3:16 is the one verse that just blows the the entire doctrine of Christian Zionism out of the water. Uh, along with all the other verses that that many of the that you read, and that you know, there's many more in the New Testament that that deal with this. A, a majority of verses that deal with this. But Galatians three sixteen to put it in one nutshell. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds, plural, as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, singular, which is Christ. So he's making it crystal clear that the promise that God gave to Abraham in Genesis 12, 3 was fulfilled in the, the man Jesus Christ, not in the, as you said, the, the, the nation of people uh, that, that were called Israel later on and now today in the modern state of Israel. No, no that it, it says very clearly that that, that what promise was to the seed, which is Christ. And then it goes on to say very specifically, at, not as of many, but as of one. And then he says it even clearer, to thy seed, and that one seed is Christ. So that that is the truth that the church understood for 1,800 years. Whenever Darby first started preaching this nonsense, the great preacher Charles Spurgeon was so aghast by this doctrinal error that he came out extremely powerfully against uh, Darbyism and the entire concept of this, this Christian Zionist 
doctrine that was just at that time in its infancy. Uh, and, and he wasn't the only one. Many of the other great preachers of that era also came out and denounced it. But again, and it, it probably would have died when Darby died, except that Schofield came along. And and by the way, that's another story. You, you, you ought to do some research on this man, C.I. Schofield. He was a scoundrel. I have, yeah. He, he, yeah, I know you have, but I'm talking about people that are listening to us. He was a scoundrel. He was a crook. He was a fraud. He was a convicted criminal, spent time in, in jail. He deserted his wife. He abused his children. He, he, was, he was a reprobate with a capital R, uh, a man who was a con man who would use politics or, or the legal system or religion to advance uh, himself and to become wealthy and, and so forth. And, and he was co-opted by uh, the early Zionists back at the turn of the century, that is the turn of the 20th century, uh, they saw in him a man that they could use to promote these doctrines among the evangelical church. So anyway, so this the, the whole thing is, is unscriptural to its core. I have a, before I answer your question directly, just I want your listeners to know I have a, I preached a, a, a series of, of messages, 29 total, and we're fixing to add a couple more. We call it the Israel package, and I go into the details and and the depth of biblical teaching relative to the subject of Israel. And you're right, the definitions have to be understood. And when you talk about Israel, are you talking about the Old Testament nation of Israel? Are you talking about the Israel of God, which is comprised of the body of Christ, the church, neither Jew nor Gentile? It's a spiritual body. It's a spiritual Israel with a spiritual Jerusalem, heavenly Jerusalem, not an earthly Jerusalem? Or are you talking about the Zionist state of Israel that was created in 1948? So again, you know, the, the average Christian Zionist, he has no concept of, of the differentiation between those entities. And to them, it's just all one. It's just Israel. The same Israel in the New Testament, it's the same Israel in the Old Testament. The same Israel in the future in the in the kingdom of God is the same Israel as the old old Israel. And the Israel that's over there in in the Palestine now is the same Israel of the. They just look at it as one entity. They they do not distinguish at all the scriptural teaching by, that God has given us through the New Covenant. Now, when I was talking about that, the Christians who are supporting Christian Zionism and Schofield Dispensationalism and, and this whole doctrinal concept are helping to persecute and to even kill their brothers and sisters in Christ. That's an absolute fact. And, and the reason I'm saying that is because the whole, the whole movement, of the whole Zionist movement, and we carry a book uh, that I think is just absolutely essential reading for every Christian uh, it's called The Ethnic Cleansing of Palestine, written by an Israeli historian by the name of Elam Pape. And this man, who has no no political agenda or religious agenda or theological agenda, I don't even know no idea what his personal faith is. He's just an Israeli historian who wanted to tell the truth about what happened in Palestine when Israel came into existence in late 1947 and early 1948 and then following. 
and he wrote this book. It's masterfully put together with undeniable, unassailable facts. The ethnic cleansing of Palestine from the time that 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 the Zionists, the early Zionists, conspired with the the British and the U.S. governments to create the state and, and other governments as well to create the state of Israel. <clears throat> the goal from the beginning was ethnic cleansing and genocide against the Palestinian people. It, it, is, it is indeed a genocide. In fact, I would even call it a Holocaust. If, you know, if people talk about the Holocaust of, of, of Germany, et cetera. Well, over 5 million Palestinians have been murdered by the Zionist state since 1948 and the inception of the state began. Five million innocent deaths in my book is a Holocaust, but call it whatever you will. The point is, it, it was it was mass it was mass genocide. It was it was it was mass persecution. It was mass theft, mass rape, mass pillage, mass plunder, mass murder, and and that continues to this very hour. The open air prison that we know was. Gaza and the West Bank, the the, the persecution and, and the continued uh, assault against the Palestinian people by the Israeli government is ongoing. It it, it has never stopped. And it, it, when when the Christians of of the West, especially in America, when they philosophically, theologically, spiritually, and even financially support the modern state of Israel. They are assisting the Zionist state as it persecutes, as it rapes, as it kills the the Palestinian people, many of whom are our brothers and sisters in Christ. People have to understand the Palestinians were a, a mixture of, of ethnicities and religions for hundreds of years. And before the, the state of Israel came into existence, for hundreds and hundreds of years, Palestinian Muslims and Palestinian Christians and other sects of, of, of Palestinians lived peacefully side by side. They, 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 there was no war or very little to speak of. They, they, they were a, a, a very uh, friendly environment. They, they respected each other's right to worship as they saw fit. They didn't try to intrude and force their religion upon somebody else, et cetera. They practiced their faith devoutly, and they let the other people practice their faith devoutly. And they lived together in harmony for all those years. The Christian community in Palestine is very large, and it's growing quickly. In fact, in a general sense, the church, the, the, the real church, the body of Christ, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, converts to the gospel, are growing faster among the Muslim nations of the world today than in any other part of the world. The only comparable region of the world would be the Far East, uh, where the Christian movement in China is growing very, very rapidly. Outside of that, it, uh, Christianity is growing faster nowhere else than in the Middle East, especially in the Muslim countries. So there are 
thousands and tens of thousands of Palestinian Christians, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, the Bible is pretty, pretty emphatic, as you know, Tim, about our attitude toward our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're supposed to love them. We're supposed to pray for them. We're supposed to help them, especially if they're beleaguered, if they are run down, as in the New Testament, whenever the churches of the other areas sent assistance to the church at Jerusalem, which was being persecuted by the Jewish leaders there. And, and there was a lot about the compassion in our hearts for our brother, brother, our brother and sister Christians. Yep. So we are, as a church in America, participating in the persecution and the destruction, the death. And it's horrific. If, if, when you get to studying this, it's horrific what's happening over there, what the Zionist state of Israel is doing. And this is what they plan to do. Go back and read what Ben-Gurion, the very first prime minister of, of, of Israel, said, and his intentions, and Moshe Dayan, and all those early figures in Zionist Israel at that point in time, how that their goal from the very beginning was to destroy the Palestinian people. And they did everything they could to, to accomplish that. And the ones that they haven't destroyed, they've, they've enslaved. Until this very day, they're enslaved. And, and, they're, and, they're, and they're being killed, many of them for sport. IDF soldiers uh, routinely will use Palestinian children and young teenagers for target practice. And they do it for sport. Th this is a hellish, damnable attack against not just our brothers and sisters, but all of the people of Palestine, regardless of who they, of what their faith may be. But, but my point was, you know, they say we're trying to be a blessing to Israel. No, I've got a message in that series of Israel that I've told you about. I, I titled the message, I will curse them that bless thee. Because that's the truth of the matter. When we bless this antichrist state of Zionist Israel, which was created by the Antichrist and who fulfills the purposes of the Antichrist. Whenever we bless an Antichrist state, such as Zionist Israel, we are incurring the wrath of God. Let Amen. Ask, ask people, how has America been blessed since 1948 when we started all this quote-unquote blessing of Israel? What's happened to America? How are we doing with, with, with our family life since 1948? How is our scholastic life, our educational life since 1948? What about our economic life? What about our political life? What about our religious life? What about our moral life? What about our entertainment life? Look at every discernible, important area of culture and society in the United States today and compare it to 1948 and say, okay, where is all of this blessing from heaven on America for being this great blessing to the Zionist state of Israel. It hasn't happened. We're not being blessed of heaven for blessing Israel. We are being cursed of heaven for blessing the Zionist state because the Zionist state of Israel is an antichrist state. And it, 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 is, it is doing everything it can to destroy not only the Christian of, or of the Middle East, but of the Christian culture here in the United States. Who are the people that are behind the, the breakdown of our entertainment culture and, and the way our news media 
has deteriorated into pure pop propaganda. Who controls the, the political agenda? Who controls the educational agenda of our country? Who controls all, all of these uh, uh, entertainment industries and everything that bombard our minds and our hearts every day with all this filth and garbage? Well, the vast majority of the people that are sponsoring this or that are, that, that, that are behind this are, are Zionists. They are full-fledged Zionists. Sure. Their, their attack against the United States and against the Christian worldview of our country is very, very real. And, but Christians don't see that. They are helping the enemy. And so that's why I said in my message that Christian Zionists are assisting the Antichrist whenever they try and help the Zionist state of Israel and Antichrist system. Yeah, if we if we really want to help Israel, we'll go to them and take the gospel and call that their sin, just the way we're calling it out in the United States here, Amen. among those who are representing us, and even our fellow man who aren't representing us. I mean, we're to carry the gospel to every creature. And you were talking about blessing, and I can just hear people going, well, we've been blessed so much in this country. Yeah, we have because of our foundations, but that's waning. And let me tell you what, let me take time, just a, a minute or so, just to kind of tell you what Chuck is talking about when he talks about God blessing the people. Let's go back to what God says about his blessing. And if we do that, we'll go somewhere like, oh, I don't know, Deuteronomy 28. <laughs> and <clears throat> here in, 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 in verse 1, he says, If you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, are careful to follow all his commandments I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. And all thing, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you will obey the voice of your Lord. Just some of the things. You'll ble you're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the country. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, as well as the produce of your land, your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and kneading bowl will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in and when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. I don't see that happening for us right now. Um, <clears throat> although we want to see that, we want to see the God of David, the God of Moses, stand up and fight on our behalf, and we go out in the name of the Lord just like David did. Uh, he says, they'll march out against you in one direction and flee from you in seven. Uh, he's going to bless your barns. He's going to bless everything that you put your hand to. The Lord will bless in the land he is giving you. And on and on it goes. He's going to make you prosperous. He's going to open up the heavens. You're going to have an abundant storehouse. He's going to send rain on your land. Uh, in season and to bless the work of your hands. I'm just kind of going down through. He's going to make you the head and not the tail. You'll move upward and never downward if you hear and faithfully follow the commands of the Lord your God, uh, which I'm giving you today, which is, these are these are the words of Moses here. He, he's giving this to the people and he's saying, this is how God says he'll bless you. Now we're at a time, you know, Chuck, that, that we're, we're seeing those things being removed from us. Not no not heaped upon us, not overtaking us. We're seeing them removed from us. And I would submit that it's because we have not faithfully obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. We Instead, we have done, as the Scripture says, departed wickedly from our God. Yeah, and the other thing is, I, I cannot help but think and believe with all of my heart that the biggest deception upon the church is this deception of Christian Zionism. I agree and with that. Until the church repents, I had to repent of this. You know, I taught this for over three decades. I believed this theology for over three decades. It was a very humbling experience for me, Tim, to have to admit to myself that all of those years I was wrong. 
and I had been mistaught, and I had mistaught others. And I, I got up publicly on my, um, in, in my fellowship and in front of my internet audience and apologized for my part in, in the promulgation of this error and vowed that I would do everything in my power the rest of my life to correct that and to teach and preach people the truth in this regard. So it's, it's not easy for people to, to unlearn a falsehood. It's very difficult to do that, especially the older we get, and and to admit that you were wrong about a doctrine and what you believed about a biblical truth was was an error. It's not easy for anyone to do that. Believe me, I know. But until the church does that, and until the pastors awaken to this error and repent of it, I believe that this continues. This country is going to continue to spiral downward in God's judgment. It, it, God is waiting for the church to awaken. He's waiting for the church to embrace again him and his truth, his new covenant, the gospel, the, 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 the New Testament truths regarding our position in Christ and what God has given to us through Christ, which is all lost in Christian Zionism. It, Christian Zionism is a mixture of law and grace. It's a mixture of works and faith. Yep. It, it, it mixes the, the Old Testament law and tries to, to mix it with the New Testament grace by faith. It, it, is, it takes the, the freedom of, of, the, of the faith of, of the church the, the liberty of Christ, Galatians 5.1, that we are commanded to stand in that liberty, to be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Well, what yoke of bondage is he talking about? He's talking about the bondage of Judaism. And, and that's exactly what the church broke free from in, during that period of the first century, whenever the church was born and, and the new covenant was first explained to us by the gospel writers that they broke free from the chains and the bonds of, of Judaism. Well, what, what's happening now? All over America, churches are reincorporating Judaic forms of worship. They are taking ceremonies and feast days yep. and, and all the, you know, the blood moons and all this, the Sabbaths and all these, all these Jewish laws and they are incorporating them into the church, into the church. I mean, Jesus died on the cross to deliver us from the law. It, Christ is the end of the law to them that believe. Amen. You know, when we are under Christ, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, but we are under faith in Christ and, and, and the laws of Christ. And, you know, they're trying to, to bring back, I, I even hear that Christians are are giving large sums of money to the the Zionist movement, which is which is a, a, an antichrist to the core movement over in the Middle East. They've reinvented the Sanhedrin now, and the Sanhedrin uh, is 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 as I'm told, uh, performing animal sacrifices uh, again. Uh, in the anticipation of the building of a third Jewish temple. And Christian people are sending money by the millions of dollars to the Zionists in Israel to help build and construct this third temple. 
Well, the, <laughs> along with the temple goes the animal sacrifices. Yep. Can, can you imagine any more blasphemous attack yeah. against the work of Jesus Christ Amen. on the cross, our supreme sacrifice for sin? All of the animal sacrifices in the Old Covenant were merely foreshadowings and types of the great supreme sacrifice of Jesus Christ who was yet to come. Now that he's come, he's spilled his blood and, and, and given his life as, as our great substitute. And then to reinvent animal sacrifices and the church is going to support that and help to finance that. I mean, Tim, my blood curdles as I talk about this. Yeah. This is blasphemy of the highest order. Well, it's... it's, it's and, and, yep, but this is a part of the Christian Zionist thinking, and, and this is why it's so damnable. It, it, has, it has permeated the church. Mm. It has perverted the gospel of Christ, and it is producing the judgments of God that God brought on Old Testament Israel, as, as we know through the prophets and, mm. and what God has done. And those curses are now coming upon America because we are reintroducing the disobedience of Israel yep. into the church. And, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of the program, God's divorcement from Israel. I just came out with a brand new message the title of which is God's Divorce from Israel. And I go into that, that theological position. And, of course, our message on the destruction of Jerusalem is the most popular message I've ever preached, where I go into the detail of what happened in, in the destruction of Jerusalem. And I quote Josephus quite a bit and, and, and Peter Holford's book, written in 1805, and much of the documented history of, of, this, of the event. And then, of course, the applicable scriptures where it was prophesied by Jesus and the apostles relative to the destruction of Jerusalem. What that meant was that was indeed the final writ of divorcement on the Old Covenant, Israel. And God was showing the church in, in a dramatic, powerful fashion that the Old Covenant was abolished and that the New Covenant is the covenant of Christ, the covenant of grace, the covenant of faith, the gospel under which we live. And the destruction of Jerusalem was was very much a part of that in, in the mind of God. And the church understood that until Schofield came along. And today, most Christians haven't even, haven't even heard a message, haven't even heard a, a lesson on the destruction of Jerusalem. No, nothing, absolutely nothing about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and can I let me let me interject something here? Sure. There was a great Scottish preacher. I've got the book somewhere. My we've got so many books here. My wife had to move some stuff, but I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the guy's name. But he had an entire chapter, chapter two, which we did a, a documentary on at Nicene Council called AD seventy or seventy AD. I forget which one we titled that. But we basically did it word for word of what he was of what this uh, this this famous preacher. I think he wrote in the sixteen or seventeen hundreds. But it was basically the evidence. For prophecy and, and, and the fulfillment of prophecy of Jesus' words that he spoke about the destruction of Jerusalem. And it was right. amazing, you know, what he had laid out there. This thing you're talking about uh, with, you know, rebuilding the temple, animal sacrifices, the priesthood, all this stuff, it flies right in the face 
of the writer of Hebrews who says, don't go back to that stuff. Because if you do, you're bound by all of it. I remember having a conversation with a Jewish friend of mine. We got, a, we got along great talking about law and stuff. But I said, here's your problem. I said, you go and you still follow these feasts and stuff, or at least by name you do, but you've altered them so because they don't. That none of them take place with, with sacrifices. None of them take place with your tithe. None of them take place with the priesthood. None of them take place with the temple. None of this stuff is in there. You've made it try to fit something so you can say we're observing it. I said, but for the Christian, we fulfill all those feasts in Christ. We fulfill all those sacrifices in Christ. We fulfill the priesthood in Christ. I said, so it's not like we have to work towards those things, but you guys, you don't even do them the way God said, and you say that you're doing them as though they're acceptable. It sounds like the northern kingdom to me. We're going to put up golden calves up here, worship like we want. And uh, and not do that. But there's an important thing, too, you're talking about that you haven't hit on when you talk about the people giving money, especially dispensationalist minded people that think, you know, last days, madness, you know, rapture's coming and all this other stuff. What they don't say, and I remember there was a ministry or something that was called like Wings of Eagles or something. Uh, this was many years ago, what, uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago. I don't know. But they were taking up money to get Jews you know, of the of the flesh, if you will, into modern-day Israel. Well, what they wouldn't tell them is what dispensationalists believe, is once you're there, there's going to be this war, and like, I don't know, two-thirds of you guys are going to be killed, and we got to do right. that so Jesus can come. They don't tell them that. That doesn't sound like very much love to me, brother. Yeah, no, I know. I'm not pre- <laughs> I have preached on that. When, that. when I first became aware of the inconsistency, of that doctrine in my own mind as I was my working my way through this many years ago. After I cried and repented to God for the utter fallacy and foolishness of it, I had to kind of chuckle because it it really is the most paradoxical, inconsistent doctrine I've ever heard of. You, you know, here here you, you here's what you're saying. You know, okay, the dispensations say, okay, we got to have now all these uh, biological Jews, which today, good luck in trying to find biological yep. Jews. I mean, Benjamin Netanyahu could not prove his bloodline if his life depended on it. There, there's not a, a a Jew living in Israel that could prove their bloodline. The, the it, it, that's another story about uh, going back to the destruction of Jerusalem. Uh, all the records were were kept all the way back from the beginning of Israel's history. In, in the holy temple and in the holy city for all these thousands of years. And the families could always go and research their, their genealogies going back into the antiquity of, of, of Israel to prove their bloodline. Uh, well, one of the things that happened was right before the destruction of Jerusalem, Herod, the Edomite, uh, who despised the Jews, uh, went into the temple and destroyed, completely destroyed all the genealogical records of the Jewish families. And then the destruction of Jerusalem came along behind that. And if there had been anything somehow salvaged from Herod, it was it was burnt up in total mass uh, during the destruction of Jerusalem and the siege by the Romans. And so there there is not a, a Jewish person on the earth today that can prove their genealogical bloodline. So that I just thought I'd throw that out. But anyway, yeah, that's true. You, you think about you think about 
here's the idea. Okay, you're going to have, you know, all these Jews are going to return to the to Palestine, and they're, you know, according to the prophecy, which which is not a prophecy. And then they're going to, you know, usher in the return of Christ. But before Christ comes, there's going to be this rapture where all the the Christians are going to escape all of the uh, the horror and terror of the Antichrist. Because what's going to happen once once they 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 get over there into the Middle East, they're going to rebuild the temple, which is going to include the the animal sacrifices and all the Old Testament things. And then the Antichrist is going to uh, appear as God and is going to be worshipped as God. And then in the middle of all this, he's going to reveal himself as this beast. And then he's going to declare war on all these people that the Christian people tried to get to go over there and try to support that system. All right, when when you support the building of a, of a third temple, you're supporting, that's according to their doctrine, that is the temple of the Antichrist. Yep. It's a phony. It's a phony worship. It's a phony god. It's a it's a phony temple. It's it's a setup. You know, it's it's a fraud. And so when you when you support the third temple, you're supporting the Antichrist temple. I agree. When you support all of all of these uh, end time prophecies that they relate to the the nation of Israel, which do not relate. To, Israel is not bound up in prophecy. Mm. Uh, Christ has fulfilled the law. Yep. He is. Except, oh, you know, you're a replacement. I don't believe in replacement. I, don't I believe either. in fulfillment. Amen. I believe in fulfillment. Christ fulfilled the law. He fulfilled all of the types, all of the feasts, all of the holy days, all of, of those is, uh, Jewish customs. Jesus completely, totally fulfilled them. Amen. So, Pastor so Chuck. Pastor, let me let me let me cut in here because we're getting close to the end of the show, and I want to give you time to to speak about your website. Um, okay. Your latest column, at least for today, you'll have another one by the time this airs next week. We are all Palestinians. I want to get people to to read that. Take a look at how Israel is being used, or how they're using everybody else uh, in this thing with coronavirus. Also. Uh, a lot of other things that they have their hands in, but I'm going to give you about 20 seconds here. Tell people where they can find out more about you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Huh? Yeah, my website is Chuck Baldwin Live. It's all one word: Chuck Baldwin, B-A-L-D-W-I-N, ChuckBaldwinLive.com. And the the column you referred to is is on page one there, at least until the new one comes out on Thursday. And as well as the store at the top, when you click the store page. All the DVDs that I talked about today and the Israel packages and the books, the ethnic cleansing of Israel, I, everything that we have is available there. So people can get, look at our messages okay. that I preach online. Okay, uh, I'm going well. to have those lists up. Pastor Chuck Bowen, thank you again. Always a pleasure as usual. Guys, I'm going to give you the information so you can check it out for yourself. 23, see ya.